Hello everyone, welcome back to 100 Years 100 Movies. Today we're going to go back to the 1980s, looking at the year 1984. Um, now just as always, I, I mean, I have a lot of movies from the 80s that, that I really enjoy. And real quickly, I mean, 84 was the year that um, Temple of Doom came out. Just the darkest um, Indiana Jones, uh, really nasty Indiana Jones in, in retrospect. Uh, we also had the cult classic Repo Man, which has a killer punk soundtrack. Um, Sergio Leone's um, last major film, Once Upon a Time in America, came out in 84. Uh, one of his few non-Westerns, it's actually like his take on, on Jewish gangsters. This is also the year that like the best Friday the 13th came out, which is Friday the 14th for the final chapter. Um, we also saw This is Spinal Tap, which is just a wonderful comedy. Um, the Karate Kid, which a lot of people, it's just kind of part of growing up that are, that are my age or around my age. And Sixteen Candles, which is one of, um, you know, well, probably the the best John Hughes movie out of out of everything, either that or The Breakfast Club. Um, but the movie that I really wanted to focus on today is is another um, another horror movie, and that is A Nightmare on Elm Street. So with this movie, we're going to be talking about, where we'll be finishing up talking about like the modern um, slasher um, icons. You know, we've already kind of touched upon um, Michael Myers and we'll go more in depth on him when we get to Halloween. And I've talked about Jason Voorhees, um, but A Nightmare on Elm Street gave us Freddy Krueger. And A Nightmare on Elm Street is an interesting series in that there's multiple good entries. Um, it, it's a series because it's based all around dreams that really goes in very different areas and, and always has, uh, well, they all, most of them have terrible endings, and Nightmare on Elm Street 1 doesn't, A Nightmare on Elm Street doesn't, doesn't change that, but A Nightmare on Elm Street is one of the, the ones that I think still presents um, Freddy Krueger as a villain. You present him as someone that is scary and someone that's to be feared. Uh, he later on became a lot more of kind of a, a jokester, and, and that really started with, with 3, and, and just kind of went from there. But in this movie, while he does make some ridiculous puns it's like one or two and they're menacing they're not played for laughs at all um but a nightmare on Elm street which is directed by wes craven um uh, who is a very interesting um horror director and it's this is just a really really great movie um i think one of the definitely one of the better um horror movies of the 80s uh one of the best slashers although a lot of slasher fans try to tend to think it's not but you know what whatever it's a it's a great horror movie um robert england he he is just wonderful in in this and he embodies um freddy krueger to the point where they when they tried to rip, like it's hard to make a, a freddy krueger movie now because the one time that they tried where they replaced him um with um with jackie earl haley while he was really good in it uh, people i think just missed um Robert Englund's portrayal, which is probably my way of saying that I doubt we're ever going to get another Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, but that's okay, because we have the original. And, and, and honestly, if a Nightmare on Elm Street ended after, with this movie, it would still be a classic, because this movie is gruesome. It's really inventive in the way that um, people are murdered because of the idea of dreams. And interestingly enough, it was inspired by a newspaper, newspaper article about... Um, some immigrants that were afraid to go to sleep because they someone was chasing them in their dreams um but you don't even really need to know that to for this to be frightening like this movie is, is one of the few ones that even though i've seen it a lot of times 
if I'm watching it late at night with all the lights off, it still gets to me. And it's one of the few horror movies, even though I love horror, most of them don't don't scare me. I, I really appreciate the craft more than anything and like what they're getting at. But this is one of the few movies that, that still kind of gets me, um, especially especially the beginning where um, even though it looks hokey, just the way that um, the first kill happens, it's just so out there and it just escalates from there. I mean, this is also the um, beginning of Johnny Depp's career and quite the beginning it is he gets literally liquefied when his bed gets turned into a giant blender and there's just this giant like pool of blood like more blood than a human body I, I mean shit I think 10 human bodies don't have that much blood it's just like a literal river of, of blood that that shoots out of this his bed after he dies um, going back to Wes Craven Wes Craven uh, had been around since the 70s and he always had this interesting take on movies and um, he's someone that would try out different genres from time to time, but his hallmark, his, his best movies really are in, um, in horror. And, and I think he was someone who got known for kind of pushing boundaries in movies like Last House on the Left, uh, which I had mentioned before in, in relation to The Virgin Spring, um, and also like The Hills Have Eyes. Later on, um, later on after this, you know, um, Wes Craven did a, um, a New Nightmare, and that was like the proto-Scream in a way, and, and interestingly enough, then he did Scream, and he almost revitalized horror in a way by making fun of it, or poking fun of it, really. But in, 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 a, in a way where it was, it, it, it was with, almost with reverence. I, I don't know, it's hard to explain it, and I think, as you see with the Scream series, like, he himself makes makes a difference in, in with his touch as a director. Um, but A Nightmare on Elm Street, if you haven't tracked it down and you like scary movies, you got to watch A Nightmare on Elm Street. Realistically, it's the only one that that, we're, that we need. It's the only one you should really track down. Like the other ones later on, there's, there are some interesting ones. Um, but this, if you're going to see one, watch A Nightmare on Elm Street. Can't recommend this highly enough. The other movie that I wanted to touch upon from 1984 is one of my favorite action movies and... One that I think fans argue about as to which one is better, and that's The Terminator uh, from James Cameron. So The Terminator, which was uh, had you know, in its sequel, Terminator 2 Judgment Day, um, are together make like this this um, duality of great action movies. And and, and so one of those series, the Terminator series is one of those where they really should just end it with two. Two ends on, on a note of hope, um, which one sort of ends on a note of hope, but not really. Um, and, and the reason that I like Terminator 1 over Terminator 2, even though Terminator 2 is probably better made, probably a better movie, and definitely, definitely had much more of a cultural impact than Terminator 1, is that Terminator 1 is basically like the grimy punk rock version of Terminator 2. Not to, not to say that they, um, they're remaking Terminator 2, Terminator 2, uh, I'm sorry, not that Terminator 2 is remaking Terminator 1, but it, it Terminator 2 is just kind of taking Terminator 1 and putting it on its head. So in, in Terminator, um, the villain is Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Terminator 2, he's he's the good guy. Um, and there's just something about Schwarzenegger with his lack of acting skill and his deadline delivery where he is believable. And also he was massive at the time. Um, he's believable as this killing machine. Um, it's iconic for a reason, and, and I, I really think it's funny that, like, I'll be back became kind of his catchphrase because in the context of this movie, when he says it, 
it, it's not like this promise of like, oh, like he can't destroy me. It's something he just offhandedly says before uh, he goes on a murder spree in, in a police precinct, you know? Um, this movie, the way because it, the way that it was shot, a lot of it's shot at night and it's just visceral. Like everyone is in these giant cars, which, you know, it's 84. So yeah, obviously cars were big and boxy, but they're just smashing into stuff. And there's just this... Um, tactileness to to that action and it just all it all works and then michael bean is is great in this as um kyle reese the soldier that comes back from the future to protect sarah connor played by um linda hamilton linda hamilton um it's interesting because i think when people think about the terminator movies they think more about her portrayal in part two where she's just an unmitigated badass but in this movie she it turns into that by the end of it. And, and at the end, she's really the one that destroys um, the Terminator. But in the beginning, she's presented more as just um, a young girl who's you know doing her job and kind of doing her thing. And um, she's almost hardened into her, her survival skills are just hardened. And she just gets to the point where she's able to do these, these things to survive. Um, but like I said, definitely um, the Terminator is a really fun movie. Uh, if you had to watch one of them, I would, probably go with T2, but, um, like I said, I prefer it just because of that grimy 80s aesthetic that it is, but of the two of them, A Nightmare on Elm Street, definite all-timer. If you enjoy horror movies, check it out. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.